Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise. You are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on F4W Online. It is December 27th, and it is the final episode of NXT for the year of 2022. And I am so happy that I've been through this whole entire ride with you guys uh, the entire year. It's been a blast to kind of see how things have gone from point A to point B. Uh, so we kind of got quite a bit to talk about here today. Uh, but first and foremost, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I feel so excited to be here today. And I think that the reason that is, is that um, I didn't have a show this weekend because obviously it was the holidays. And last night there was a, an, a new episode of Monday Night Raw, so I wasn't on Fightful. So I really feel like I haven't done a show in forever, even though I did a show on Friday. I did two podcasts on Friday, and then I did a podcast earlier today. But this is my first like live stream back in since Friday. So I feel like, uh, you know, just happy to be back here and, and happy to be talking about pro wrestling and all of that other good stuff. On top of that, guys, uh, you already know how this podcast works. Uh, please be active, send in your thoughts. I always read some of your comments before I even start the show, just to kind of see where we're at and what you guys thought about the uh, thought about the night. But please uh, keep sending them comments and I will be pulling some out uh, throughout the entire show. If you do want to make sure your question, your comment or your statement gets read here on this podcast you are more than welcome at any point to send in a super chat super chats also basically just help support this podcast and help keep me funded and all of that good stuff yay woo woo um all right so let's go ahead and get right into um everything that we have uh going on here today so um regarding nxt for today i honestly thought that there was a uh, top to bottom i loved so much of the in-ring work that we saw here today i thought there was a lot of good stuff i didn't in particularly love one match but i will talk about that match when we get there but i will but it, it's funny because it, it wasn't like a, a match that i didn't hate no it wasn't a match that I, it wasn't a match that i hated but i also didn't love it and considering that it was kind of a big deal of a match um i can't wait to talk about that one but either way i loved so much that we saw here today and actually my favorite thing was what kicked off the show and it was Julius Creed, Julius is back against JD McDonough. So first and foremost, when I saw the card for today's show, I um, instantly was like, okay, this is the match that I'm most excited to see. I'm most excited to see Julius and JD McDonough because I knew this match was going to be good. Like JD McDonough, uh, we already know, does a lot of good work, has very exciting matches. He, the guy doesn't have bad matches. And as for Julius Creed, like he legitimately, like as the Creed brothers, they have instantly become, uh, I would say, favorites amongst those that tune in to NXT each and every single uh, week because the Creed brothers are legitimately cool. But even then, when you get Julius in singles matches or you get Brutus in singles matches, they do a phenomenal job. Now, Julius Creed had literally one of my... He had, I believe it was like my second or my third favorite match off of Halloween Havoc uh, when he wrestled uh, Damon Kemp in that ambulance match. Uh, after that match, I in particularly loved Julius Creed even a little bit more just because I really enjoyed that ambulance match with him and uh, Damon Kemp. Uh, so with that being said, going into this match, I was super um, ready for this one. And 
even though selfishly, I wish that it had gone a little bit longer. Selfishly, I think that this match could have had a couple more minutes because I was really enjoying it. Dude, I freaking loved uh, Julius Creed and JD McDonough. Um, this was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to start off with talking about uh, Julius because we did see a little bit of a difference here. Uh, he didn't come out wearing his singlet. He's got like these uh, shorts now that he's coming out to wear. Uh, and so I kind of like it. I like the... I like the updated look for Julius. He looks good. Um, I love how this match started with a little bit of disrespect because as we know, their last match ended in DQ. And this started with the disrespect from Julius and uh, and JD because they Julius literally just freaking um, gets slapped in the face by JD. And it's kind of a brutal slap too. But I love it because they're so pissed at each other like right from the top. And that's exactly what you kind of want to see uh, in this particular match here. Uh, we see Julius take down JD to the mat. But JD like quickly is able to get himself out of it. Um, afterwards, we see Julius go for a spear at a certain point. But JD moves out of the way. So this takes them to the outside. Once they're on the outside, we end up seeing uh, Julia slam JD McDonough onto the commentary table. So that was kind of fun. We go to a commercial break. We come back from commercial break. Julius gets um, JD with a pretty vicious knee. We see a running Spanish fly. We see an instaguri from uh, JD McDonough and a brain buster. This all leads to Julius eventually getting the win, hitting his lariat, getting his win. Um, I really enjoyed this match. They kept it. Uh, they kept the pacing really good. Uh, and I would say that they're definitely both JD and Julius Creed are highlights of what you get on NXT. I thought this match was phenomenal, but I would have liked it to go a little bit longer. I'm not done seeing Julius Creed and JD McDonough. Um, I, I don't want this to be done because I think they do great work together. Uh, but let's see what you guys are saying here today. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho sends in our first super chat of the day. Thank you so much. Heidi Ho says, I've never saw the NXT crowd give less, less Fs than they did uh, with the scripts. Uh, Eichmann Jiro. Yes, that necessarily wasn't good stuff, but it's more so, you know, and, and I know we're going to talk about that match in a second, but it wasn't that the match was, you know, God awful by any means. It wasn't like God awful, right? But it just, unfortunately, these are two people that the crowd are not really taking seriously. And you can't really blame them. Like they're not taking Eichmann Jiro seriously. They're not taking scripts seriously. And even though there were some fun little spots there from scripts, because we know he can do the gymnastic stuff. Uh, there were some fun little moments, but it wasn't enough to get the people really like you know, blown up or anything like that in terms of getting excited. Uh, we did not get that, but we'll talk about that more once we actually get there. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho, though, for kicking us off today uh, with our super chats. Let's get some comments and see what people are saying. We got Raphael Smith who says Julius Creed is super is a super freaking beast. Dude, he is going to be someone that, and it's funny because you can say the same thing about Brutus, like Brutus and Julius, uh, they're a great tag team together and you I want to see them like go their full max potential as a tag team but I know that if they ever you know go their separate paths or I kind of hope that they do something like kind of what they've been doing with um I would like them to be you know a tag once they go to the main roster like be a tag team I don't want them to be separated as a tag team but whenever they do go to the main roster I want them to stay as a tag team but also get their you know opportunities to to wrestle in singles matches because they both really can deliver and I almost see them kind of like a little bit like 
um, you know, I can see them like Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, where you see them go out there, have their singles matches, but they also, you know, wrestle as a tag team together and they keep, they've kept them together for a very long time. And knowing how like, you know, sometimes you see so many tag teams get broken up. I don't want to see that with the Creed brothers. Like I want them to keep it going, but, uh, but both guys can do great work even if they weren't in a tag team and they were repackaged into something else it doesn't matter if they were if they were repackaged into singles uh stars i still think that they would do a phenomenal job like both of them kind of bring something uh, a little different to the table but it works uh so either way i'm a big fan of both julius and brutus uh we got everybody putting over this match christopher says this match was really really good um let's see what else we got here Zeno hour sends in a question saying should J.D. McDonough be a member of the Judgment Day? He should be getting a call-up soon. J.D. McDonough, to me, um, he should, like, he would, if he were to go into the Judgment Day, like, let's just say he were, I wouldn't hate it. I honestly wouldn't hate it. I mean, I think he would, he would kind of fit in. He would kind of fit in. Just get him some black clothes. <laughs> get him some black clothes, and he'll definitely fit in. But, uh, you know, J.D. McDonough is definitely somebody that I do want to see, uh, you know, kind of do his own thing but it also wouldn't hurt him to be part of any sort of stable. So I'm cool with it, guys. I'm definitely cool with it. We got Fernando Zayas who says that Julia should be the guy to dethrone Braun Breaker. I mean, I'm here for it. I wouldn't hate it whatsoever, but I also, if that were to happen, I don't want that to mean that the Creed brothers would essentially be broken up, you know? So uh, anyways, I don't want him to, you know, like I said, I just don't want him to... Uh, to, I just don't want them to break up. I'm sorry. I want to have my cake and eat it too, you know, type of deal. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on from here. Uh, let's get into the next match. We got Wendy Chu against Cora Jade. Now, this is a story that has been going on for a little bit of a hot minute. The situation here is that Cora Jade has been really mean to Wendy Chu. She's kind of broken down her spirit. She, you know, has been making her feel like crap, telling her that she's the uncool girl, bringing back these past memories of Wendy Chu from back in the day when she didn't get to be one of the popular girls and basically just breaking down her spirit. Now, Wendy Chu, and we go back to this all the time but Wendy Chu there's always the topic that you get with her is yes she is fun to watch in ring she's entertaining to watch in ring but the character is not working for a lot of people it's a hit or miss depending on who you are and what you like okay the other thing is we kind of talk about her her feud with Tiffany Stratton quite a bit on here. And the reason we do is because that's kind of been her match that she had with Tiffany Stratton back in August has legitimately been like one of the biggest matches that she's been a part of, uh, you know, in, in, a, in quite a bit since August. And even though we'd seen this match already with her and Cora Jade, you know, so much happened between that last match and this match here. Now, I thought given everything that both of these girls had kind of been through I was kind of expecting I wasn't expecting for for Wendy Chu just to come in today and you know get this victory over uh Corey Jade and call it a day like this really just felt like it was we got this match it was a good match but it, it feels like we're that's it like that's it for Cora Jade and Wendy Chu and I'm expecting to see them kind of be moving on to different things whereas I thought originally that we were going to maybe get a little bit more uh between both of these two competitors really just because it kind of feels like Cora Jade 
you know, she's on the precipice of really being something more than she is right now on NXT, but it also kind of feels like they're kind of waiting. They're waiting to really just go ahead and, uh, you know, propel her onto whatever it is that she needs to be at. You know, it's like Roxanne. Roxanne has, you know, now she finds herself as NXT Women's Champion. And granted, we know the story now behind uh, why they decided to go ahead and have her win the championship so uh, quickly with Mandy Rose. We know that whole situation. But regardless, she was still heading that direction. And Cora Jade, Cora Jade, somebody that, you know, is also someone that I'm expecting to be at that level with Roxanne Perez. But it kind of feels like, you know, they, they don't want her right there just yet because they can't, you know, really go back so soon to Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. But it just feels like maybe Cora Jade should be in these bigger programs. And I did feel like Wendy Chu and Cora Jade could have had the possibility of being this big program, but it didn't really feel like it actually turned out that way for them. And uh, same thing with Tiffany Stratton. When she did that match with Wendy Chu, I thought that match was just, it felt like more of a finale versus Wendy Chu and Cora Jade. So um, I'm curious to see where they're going to go from here with both Cora Jade and uh, Wendy Chu, uh, just because I really do think that they both have the potential to like really just, you know, do more, do more is what I want to see. Um, all right, but let's go ahead and kind of talk a little bit about this match here. I mean, there was some good stuff in here. We saw, uh, you know, Wendy go right after Corey Jade and get this match started hot, get this match started instantly. Corey does the double stomp on, on the back of Wendy Chu. Uh, we see a nice power bump from Cora Jade. We see, uh, for the win, we see Cora hit a full Nelson and then she sets her up for her Vader splash off the top rope. Off the little, excuse me, guys. I'm like off the top. Ugh, can't talk anymore. Uh, off the top rope, and uh, Wendy Chu goes for the pin and gets the win. So yeah, it to me it kind of felt like oh that's it. All right, uh, but I was expecting just a tad bit more. I think with this program between Wendy Chu and Cora Jade, we got a super chat here from a Dark Steven seven 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 who says. Wendy winning was great. I love that she is different compared to other characters who are doing the whole dark cold theme, which is overdone in my opinion. And yeah, you know, it's a very easy thing to do because, you know, you've got Alba Fire, who's, you know, this girl on fire. You have obviously, uh, you know, Isla Dawn, who's doing the whole witchcraft thing. And you have, I mean, Corey Jade's a different type of, you know, mean girl character. So, so was Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose was a different type of mean girl character. But I feel like they are doing it a little bit differently with each and every single one of them. But yeah, it is a little bit. Uh, the Wendy Chu character is far more different than anything else that you have with the women going on there. But again, it's not for everybody. And you might not be able to buy Wendy Chu as a few, as an NXT Women's Champion with this character. And I get that criticism too. But and it's this, it goes back to the same thing. Every time Wendy Chu... Um, you know, gets in the ring, you're suddenly like, oh, yeah, I remember Wendy Chu is really good. But prior to that, it's almost like people forget because of how, uh, you know, how cutesy the character is, right? Um, but either way, I really like Wendy Chu. And I do agree here with um, Justin Martin, who says that he believes that Wendy Chu winning did kind of come as a surprise because it does seem like they can make a big deal out of Cora Jade and they can, which is why I was like, what? 
this is it. Like Wendy Chu got the win already. Like I was, you know, I was obviously expecting Wendy Chu to get her revenge at some point against Cora Jade, but maybe not so soon. So it did kind of come as a little bit of a surprise there. Um, but thank you so much to Justin Martin for also sending this in. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, this is from Zeno Hour who says, Wendy Chu has done a great job with this current gimmick, but I think it's time to give Wendy a new, more serious character. She's too good to be stuck with this character. Maybe they can find a balance. Like, there's a good balance that can be had there. Like, she can still be, you know, like Bailey. Like, Bailey was still this, you know, when she was the hugger and she was happy and she was this fangirl. Uh, they can do something with Wendy Chu where she still has those elements, but maybe she's not going out there with her bunny slippers and, and her pajamas. She can still be this happy, bubbly type of persona, but maybe she doesn't have to go out there, you know, dress like she shops at Claire's, which I don't blame her because I love Claire's. Who doesn't love Claire's? Hell, even the young bucks love the Claire's. They got their freaking piercings at Claire's. Who doesn't love Claire's? Um, Claire's does not sponsor this podcast. All right. Um, <laughs> moving on from this. And uh, let's go ahead and continue on from here. Just a heads up, everyone. Please make sure to take part in the chat. If you're here on the show, don't be shy. Uh, send in your thoughts. Send in your opinions. They help drive and continue the show. And if you do want to help support this podcast, send in a super chat. But now let's get into scripts defeating Eichmann Jiro. Now, I don't know how many of you were like, oh, yeah, this match is going to be great. Or, oh, yeah, this is going to be phenomenal. I don't think anyone was thinking that by any means. I think we all really knew what we were going to get out of Scripps and Jiro. Um, this was what it was, okay? This was the first match we've seen with Scripps since his uh, debut match against Guru Raj. And since, unfortunately, things did not really go the way they might have planned for Scripps there. I mean, he comes in in this terrible mask, in this terrible getup with the character that doesn't match anything that would be even seen before. So he goes out there, has this match with Guru Raj, but nobody cares about anything that was done in the ring because we were all blinded by, by the horrible mask. We were all blinded by all of that. So then they change up the mask. And I, on, when they did the change, I showed a side-by-side -side so you guys can see those changes because I know a lot of people didn't feel like it was a big change, but the changes were made, okay? They were done. Um, with that being said, we hadn't seen him wrestle since then. And so finally we get this match with Jiro. And um, I mean, like, it's not a great match, but it's not a bad match. It's not like awful or anything. I mean, I've seen worse. I've seen absolute worse. Um, but he goes out there, you know, Scripps hits his dropkick right off the bat. Uh, we see... Jiro get him with a knee at one point. Scripps goes for a uh, standing shooting star, but uh, Jiro moves out of the way. And finally, Scripps goes to the top rope and he just like flips the life out of him and gets the win. So, I mean, Scripps has potential, but they have to do a lot of changes to get to that potential. I still don't, I don't think, how do I say this? First impressions really matter, and people don't forget that. And even though they made the small changes to the script's look, I don't think it's enough. I don't think the changes are enough. I feel they need to do more with scripts in terms of they need to revamp, repackage scripts, in my opinion, because I feel like the people are not going to get behind him, are not going to get behind him with the look that he has. And 
I think that scripts could get over because obviously Reggie, we know can do really cool stuff that, you know, not your everyday person can do. So I feel they could do something cool with them, but they got to revamp the entire look. Start again, start again. Uh, that's the best. That's the best that I can say. And as for Ackman Jiro, I mean, the dude's entertaining, but uh, that's, that's pretty much the, um, the extent of what we can expect from Jiro. But yeah, they got to revamp scripts, guys. I'm sorry. They got to redo it again. Uh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying scripts versus Jiro is meant, was meant to be, uh, meant it was to time to, okay. Wow, I can't read. Scripts versus Jiro meant it was time to change the channel. Uh, time could be used on something else besides that match. You know what it could have been used on? I know exactly what it could have been used on. More minutes. More minutes for Julius Creed and JD McDonough. That is exactly where that time could have gone. But I don't, I'm not a hater. I don't want to be a hater. Okay. I'm not drinking that haterade. I just think that there is potential for scripts, but they just need to start all over with the character. Unless, I don't know, unless he does something so fascinating, so brilliant, so wonderful, I don't feel that the crowd that the crowd is going to buy this character right now. Um, yeah, revamp, revamp. Uh, but thank you so much to Shelton Jackson. And sorry, I stumbled there uh, with reading your super chat. Um, thank you so much for sending that in, though. And um, all right, so Ed Jones, Ed Jones, come take over for this podcast, please. Ed Jones has the exact perfect line for to describe scripts. He says, quote, I believe the term is dead on arrival. Yes. That is, that is what I would go with there. Uh, but thank you so much to Ed Jones for sending this in as well. All right, and let's go ahead and continue on from here on to the fourth match of the night. We got Lyra Valkyra defeating Lash Legend. So this is Lyra's second match on NXT. Her first was against Amari Miller on, ooh, I think a week ago, two weeks ago, on December 13th. That's when it was. And um, this is her second match here. And one of the first things that I noticed, and she pretty much continued it with this match here, is she looked really great last week. She has a presence, and you're seeing that. And she, same thing. She has a presence, she's aggressive, and she's great at her facials. She continued the exact same thing here today. She looked phenomenal. I'm a fan of Lyra's, and I'm already so ready. I've already decided. I want to see Lyra Valkyra versus Zoe. Zoe Starks. I feel we need to see that match, and I want to see Lyra defeat Zoe. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I want to see what those two can do. I want to see them mix it up. I want to see this match. It's been decided this is the match I want to see um, Lyra in. I think she has incredible potential. I would not be surprised if, you know, she, uh, you know, she can be NXT Women's Champion. Like, I see it. I see it already. And I know it's just a start. But she's got something, man. She's got something. And it's it's gotten a hold of me. I'm a fan, man. Um, but anyway, so, like I said, she has these great fas facials. There's a moment where they're on the outside and Lash Legend chops. Uh, she chops her, right? And she turns to the camera. She does this, like, really strong look to the camera. Go back and watch that part. I really like that. I thought she sold that really well just with like her looks itself. Um, but anyways, we see Lyra hit a couple of her combo strikes on Lash, uh, 
Lash Legend gets her with a couple of clotheslines, DDT, roundhouse kick, goes to the top, hits her splash, gets the win, call it a day. Um, excited for Lyra and what she's going to be doing on NXT. Uh, as for Lash Legend, uh, she just she's I think she just still needs just more time to, you know, really become the best version of herself. But uh, Lyra, man, she's on it. She's on it. We got a super chat here from Nick Grosso. Thank you so much to Nick, who says, are Toxic Attraction rebuilding with a new member? If so, I think either Chelsea Green or Cora Jade would be a good fit with Cora Jade. It makes sense because both want revenge on Roxanne Perez. So Nick Grosso leads us into our next topic, which is Toxic Attraction. As we all know, uh, Mandy Rose is no longer in WWE and now Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are pretty much left to kind of, you know, I don't want to say rebuild because I think that they still have so much, so much of toxic attraction is still the same, except for the leader is gone. But, you know, Gigi Dolan's still the same. JC Jane is still the same. They got pretty much everything except Mandy. But I don't think that I wouldn't consider them like lost or any means like when, for example, when Nash Carter was taken away from, uh, you know, when he was removed from the company and MSK was broken up and taken away, right? And Wesley was left on his own. It was like, dude was, you know, really struggling there to kind of find something that actually stuck, right? And that really sucked for him. And it really took a whole lot and stunted the momentum that he was on for quite a bit of time, okay? And this is not the same situation for Gigi and JC. Like, this is not the same situation. They um, don't, I feel like they are a good enough team to basically just continue on and keep being toxic attraction. So they're basically talking about rebuilding their faction. So they are going to be rebuilding. They don't mention Mandy Rose at all, but they do say, you know, they were created um, by doubt. They were basically motivated by people that wrote them off. And they basically said, you know, we've risen to stardom and we're going to rebuild, reconstruct and return to glory. So I don't think that they should do like a character change with them because the toxic attraction character uh, is really good and it works for them and they've nailed it down. So I don't want to see them change that too much. But if you're going to talk about rebuilding, then you bring up what Nick Grosso says here by bringing in somebody into the group. So who would that person be? I don't know. Now, Nick Ross has suggested some options with Chelsea Green. Uh, there's rumors that Chelsea Green is going to go to WWE. Whether or not she would, you know, debut on NXT or on the main roster is yet to be seen. I don't know. Um, but obviously, Chelsea Green does, does have like what it takes to, you know, fit in a role like that. Uh, Cora Jade, uh, Nick Ross has said would make a good fit given, you know, her history with Roxanne Perez. That would be interesting. It would be interesting. And I feel like it would be, a, I wonder, like, if Cora Jade were to go into this role and basically join up a toxic attraction, it would be interesting because Cora Jade doesn't do the same, like doesn't present herself the same way that Mandy Rose presented herself. So how would that fit in with toxic attraction? Would we see an alter, an alteration of Cora Jade's presentation to fit in with the aesthetic of toxic attraction? Or would they kind of change 
toxic attraction a little bit and make it them maybe more on the like punk edgy side of things because that's what Cora Jade is. You know, she's the skater girl and, you know, she's cool and, you know, that type of vibe. So it is different. So how would that essentially balance itself out? I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's somebody that I would have in mind to fit in here. You know, actually, I do have somebody in mind. And it, she just popped into my head right now. Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton. It's probably because I was just talking about her. Um, but I do think that she could be somebody that would fit into this role. Uh, and it would kind of, you know, keep the same vibe that toxic att attraction already had going and it would kind of give her something you know really cool to do and be you know that could be a thing i'm not hating it i could see that but of course of course toxic attraction is going to go after um roxanne perez because they basically said that they're going to start in terms of their rebuilding and all of this they're going to start with taking down the woman that took down their empire so Later on in the night, we do have Roxanne Perez. She does an interview with Mackenzie Mitchell. And she basically says, you know, I know that the honeymoon phase uh, is going to end is going to, you know, come to an end soon. And I know that I have to be on point each and every single night. She then goes on to mention previous champions that have held uh, the Women's NXT Championship and says that, you know, they're all going to be Hall of Famers. And she doesn't feel she's at that level yet. And she knows that she has this pressure and she has to live up to it. And she doesn't take that responsibility lightly. So she's basically saying, you know what, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my best to basically make a name for them myself as NXT Women's Champion. So that's where we're at right now with all of that, Roxanne Perez has a couple of targets on her back and their names are Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and possibly another member. Uh, but thank you so much to Nick Grasso for sending this in. Uh, it's much appreciated. We also have uh, another comment here, another super chat from Sheldon Jackson who says, how about this for a shock to fit toxic attraction? Turn Nikita Lyons heel and put her in the group. Hmm. I wouldn't necessarily hate that, but for some reason, it just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not totally crazy about it. I'm not totally crazy about it. She, she, has, she has the look. I think she can definitely fit in with Toxic Attraction, but I don't know if I'm crazy about the idea. I think I still prefer Nikita Lyons kind of, you know, doing what she's doing right now. I don't think she would be the perfect uh person to essentially go in and replace Mandy Rose and there was somebody else that popped into my head right now and I just I had the thought and then it went away there was somebody else that I was thinking about oh yeah Electra Lopez what about Electra Lopez she's also somebody else that can you know she's looking for something to do she was part of a former you know stable former group and maybe that's an option I don't know um, but thank you so much to Selgin Jackson for sending this one in as well. Um, all right. So um, someone says Sol Ruka. No, I don't think Sol Ruka fits the vibe of the group. I mean, they would have to completely redo her character, but she's doing good with, I mean, if they revamp her character and it makes sense to fit into Toxic Attraction, but yeah, it would have to totally be like a whole brand new character. Uh, Rocky Earth says maybe they remain a pair only. They can definitely do that too. There doesn't need to be a third member. Uh, they can definitely just remain a pair. That is 100% an option. Um, all right, so 
Um, after this, we do find out that Grayson Waller is going to be doing a contract signing for his match with Braun Breaker next week on a special edition of the Grayson Waller Effect. Um, so good thumbs up. Let's move on to the next match. We had the schism. Joe Gacy, Rip Fowler, Jagger Reed, uh, with Ava Rain out on the corner uh, against Malik Blade, Idris Sanofi, and Odyssey Jones. Now, I gotta tell you, I was a fan of this match. A uh, six-man tag team match, bro, I was sold. I was digging this so much. I thought this was pretty fun. Like, I didn't hate it. This wasn't a match that I was really looking forward to for some reason. It's not that I wasn't looking forward to it. I just, when I saw it, I just didn't think twice about it, right? It was just like, all right, this match is happening. Okay, cool. That's it. In one year, out the other. Um, But this actually ended up being really damn good, actually. I like this one. Um, First of all, I want to talk about the schism because this was really, we don't really get to see them all together wrestling in a match. Like they get sporadic matches here and there, but, and it's not often that we see them all together. So I was happy that we got the six man tag um, period, just to even see the schism all work together. So thumbs up on that. We even haven't really seen that many matches with like, ever since Ava Rain came in, I feel, I feel we've seen maybe one or two, maybe two, and they've all been with like Joe Gacy from what I remember. So we definitely kind of needed to see the schism in action just a little bit more. Um, as for Malik Blade, Idris Sanofi, and Odyssey Jones, dude, I am such a fan of this trio. Um, it's 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 funny because I remember being a fan of Malik Blade when he was out there kind of coming out and you know doing these uh you know jobbing to people. He was doing it really good being a jobber. Good job, man. I was a fan of Malik Blade when he was a jobber. Same team, same thing to an Idris Sanofi. I'm like, damn, they're good. And then they paired them up together and I was a fan. I was like, all right, I'm a fan of these guys. Odyssey Jones, I've been a fan of since, you know, I got to see him in the NXT breakout tournament. And, you know, obviously he was out for a bit, but now he's back in his sea legs under him once again. And now I'm seeing them team up and I'm like, okay, they all kind of fit really well. Like I really like them as a team together because you got Malik and Idris who are going out there and doing, you know, obviously more of that high flying style. And honestly, Jones, you know, he can hit some high intense moves, but he's more of, you know, the big guy, right? And he's pretty freaking, oh man, I'm a fan of Odyssey Jones. I'm a fan. Um, this was fun. They had some good moments during this. There was a moment where um we had a moment where uh we saw Odyssey Jones get into this ring, right? So he gets in and he comes in with a ton of intensity, man. Uh, he goes in there and just goes to town on everybody. And this is where I'm like, all right, this team here, this can really work. This can really be something here. Um, there was also another really fun moment where we had Odyssey Jones on the outside and all the members of Schism did this like repeated dive to the outside directly onto Odyssey Jones. It was just like a little ride. It was like, boom, one guy goes, boom, the other guy goes, boom, the other guy goes, and they come back around again and do it all again. Meanwhile, Odyssey Jones is just standing there taking it all. And then finally he gets brought down to the ground. Um, this was really fun to kind of see. I really liked that little spot that they did there. That was a lot of fun. Um, but we do end up seeing, we did get one interaction where Ava Rain kind of goes and she just like randomly starts yelling at Booker T. It was really funny because she just goes and she's like, um, what did she say? I have this on here. Yeah, she yells at Booker and she's like, this is us living our best life. 
four roots, one truth. And Booker T's like, why is she telling me this, you know, kind of deal. And so that was really funny too. I like that. But we do end up seeing uh, the schism get the win, which they really need it there. Uh, we see uh, Reed and Fowler essentially hit their stereo code breaker on Anofi. And then Gacy does his handspring, handspring lariat onto Anofi and gets the actual win here. So this was good. I like this. This was fun. More of this, please. More of the schism in six-man tag team matches. And please, more of Malik Blade, Idris, and Odyssey Jones. I don't. I want to see more of these guys um, all together. Because Malik Blade and Idris have been entertaining, but I do think they need to give them more of like a personality, more of, you know, more of a look. They don't, they don't really have a look. Like they don't really have like a, you know, like pretty deadly, pretty deadly. They have a whole vibe, a whole look, a whole getup, a whole thing. Uh, I think that's what we need for Malik Blade and Idris. And now with Odyssey Jones, I think they can really do something fun there. So um, thumbs ups on this. I was a fan. Heidi Ho sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho who says, that finishing sequence that the the schism used was cool as fuck. Yeah, it definitely did look uh, cool. I completely agree with you. And this is what the schism needs too. Like they need to be in good matches because they've been getting more torn down than they have, um, you know, built up. Like the fans have not really connected with the schism. And so they need to do more stuff like this where, you know, you can see like, oh, you know what? The schism altogether, not too shabby. You know, let's see them do a little bit more. Maybe, you know, become a fan of the schism because they just did they wasted too much time with all the talking and the people were not really interested in that they weren't really feeling the you know the trees and the roots and the truth and i don't even know all the other mumbo jumbo they were talking about um so yeah do more of this let's keep the action going uh thank you so much to heidi ho though for this uh generous super chat as well um all right and uh, let's go ahead and continue on from this and let's get into, um, and they, I'll, I'll cover this one here. This is from Isaac Looper who says, I can't take Nofi or Malik Blade seriously. They're treated like jobbers. And I can't disagree with your comments because I kind of thought the same. It's not like they're treated like jobbers, but they have kind of showed already that they have way more potential than how they're being necessarily portrayed on the roster. They've already. You know, the way that they're being portrayed on the roster, they've outmatched that already. The, the in-ring work is so fun to see them in, but they haven't, you know, they, they haven't necessarily started treating them the way that the fans are kind of, you know, hoping for. Like, there's other, there's other talents that I don't think have been as entertaining in-ring as Malik and Idris, and they just get way better build-ups, they get better uh, stories, they get more high-profile matches, they just get, you know, treated a little better, right? And so I do think that Idris and Malik have kind of proven themselves to be more than what they're given right now on the roster. And every, and every time, even though they're not... They're in the shadows, like they're not supposed to be, how do I explain this? Like, it's almost like they're, they're not supposed to be the main focus, but yet because they do good work, they end up kind of, you know, standing out for themselves type of deal. So even though they're not supposed to be the story, they're not supposed to be the focal point, they go out there and they do a hell of a job. So I think, especially now with the addition of Odyssey Jones, if this becomes a permanent thing, I really do think that they need to start uh, really portraying them a lot better. And again, that goes with the uh, whole thing about, you know, giving them 
more of a look and more of a vibe, like as I mentioned earlier. So yeah, and Mamet also mentions they need to give them some W's. Uh, completely agreed as well. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, continue on from here. Let's get into Fallon Henley and uh, versus Keanu James for a battle of the bar. This was a fine little match. Thought this was okay. I didn't think this was too spectacular, but it was fine. It was fine. Um, we see uh, Henley. Some rights from Henley, a couple of clotheslines. We see Kiana attack the ribs of Fallon throughout this entire match. Fallon hits a knee. She gets the win. She keeps her bar. Um, thumbs up. I really kind of thought that, you know, this match was good, but I didn't think it was, uh, I, it wasn't anything too, um, how do I say this? I, I didn't see anybody differently than I than I already did kind of going into the match, right? Like, I think a match like this, you kind of want to come out going, you know what, I'm a bigger fan of this person. I kind of feel like I stayed at the same level. Um, it really wasn't, it didn't give me much more than that. Like, nothing more, nothing less. It was fine. Thumbs up. The Drew Gulak Invitational. I didn't really care for this. And this one, I was curious to see what you guys thought because segments like this for me usually don't really hit home for me. Like, they don't really... They don't really do much for me, but I always feel like sometimes there's going to be other people that enjoy this. And then I'm like left in the minority here. So I'm curious to see um, what you guys thought about the Drew Gulak Invitational. So basically he's out there. Um, he brings in three guys and he's basically using them to kind of teach Hank Walker um, some moves, some, some tricks, some, you know, some of, you know, what he knows he's, teaching Hank Walker. Okay. And so he's doing that for a bit and he's teaching them and he's telling them, you know, telling Hank Walker, I hope you took some notes. And then Charlie Dempsey comes out and he tells him, you know, I'll give you a run for your money. And I want to, you know, I want to be part of this invitational, but Drew Gulak's like, you're not invited to this invitational. And then he says next week, I'm going to make an example out of one of your students. So this all basically leads to that. But the, the invitational, I hope it's just a one-time thing for right now because I don't think I would want to see this like every other week. It was too much of just this, you know, no reaction um, from me whatsoever for this one here. But let's see what people are saying about this. Uh, we got Steven here who says this was awkward and did not work for me at all. It was a little awkward. And I think it was awkward because everybody was just like silent and listening and they're like, I was silent and just listening. So there wasn't any sort of reaction. Um, so this really did not hit home. I think this would have worked better as a vignette. This should have been a vignette. This should have been something backstage, um, not live for the audience. For the audience, it just did not work at all. Um, but Christopher says a match between Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak in the future would be awesome to see. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. But we have Muslim people that are saying that. Okay, I don't know. Raphael says it was not exciting at all. We got Marvin saying he actually enjoyed the Drew Gulak Invitational. Uh, M. Durrett says, I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. I think people were just waiting to see what was going on. Justin Martin says this whole thing uh, was weird in front of a live audience. I think this would have definitely worked more backstage in some sort of pre-recorded segment, some sort of vignette versus in person. 
All righty. And now, before we get into our last match of the night, just a heads up, everyone. If you are new here, you don't know the schedule yet. I am live three times a week here on F4W Online. Every Tuesday, I'm here to talk about NXT. Every Wednesday, I'm here to talk about AEW Dynamite. It's my most popular show of the week. So make sure you guys come in on Wednesday. I'm still trying to grow that show and keep it going, keep it going. Um, Fridays, I'm here to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. And that's usually the most chill podcast um, of the week. And I will be here uh, all three days. Bam. All right. Christopher Essence in a super chat saying, Hank, Drew, and Charlie dudes being born. I mean, bros. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? They, they, how do I say this? Like, so far, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence with what they've been doing with them so far on NXT. But you know what? I'm hopeful. I'm definitely hopeful. All right. And last but not least, we have Wesley defending his NXT North American Championship against Tony D'Angelo. And at the top of this podcast, I mentioned there was one match that I really didn't like. It was this one, guys. I wasn't a fan. And I'm sure some of you are going to be like, what the is she talking about? How is she not a fan of this match? I just was, I didn't think it was good. I was kind of bored. I was very kind of bored with this match here. It, it wasn't what, it's not the caliber of match that I would want to see for the NXT North American Championship. Uh, I just didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was, um, man, I'm ready for, I'm ready to see someone else be NXT North American Champion. And I feel bad saying that, I really do. But man, it just hasn't been working for me. I've really been trying to get into uh, Wesley as NXT North American Champion. But it hasn't been working too much for me because it's become very clear that I'm not, like, I don't see him as, like, a legitimate champion. I'm seeing him more as a transitional champ. Uh, They haven't really, they haven't really sold him to me as NXT North American champion. And it's not just having the belt, like having the belt. It's there's, there's gotta be more to that. You know, like I'm not a believer in the belt makes the man. I believe in the man makes the belt type of thing. And you guys can argue amongst yourselves on that one. But for me, I just feel like it's not really hitting the mark, man. I'm ready for a new NXT North American champion. I didn't think this match was great, especially especially because it, 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 there's a higher caliber for this match. Like you're on the main event. It's for the title. You just, you got to do so much more here. So for me, this one was unfortunately kind of a little bit of a dud. And, um, but with that being said, I will make sure to put over some some moments that I thought were all right. Um, I really liked when uh, Tony was stretching out uh, Wesley over the over his knee. I thought that was fine too. Um, man, that was kind of it, really. Like they had a moment where Wesley was supposed to really kick up like the level of adrenaline, and then he goes in and starts punching. Um, starts punching Tony D. I couldn't buy it, man. Oh, I couldn't buy it. I'm so sorry. I could not buy this. It was just not, not hitting for me at all. Uh, for the finish, we see Tony go to the top rope and he ends up getting distracted because Dijak comes out and he ends up putting, uh, a, attacking uh stacks and so that distracts tony d and basically allows wesley to get the win here so this was just not for me and i'm ready for a new champ and i'm ready for just more hard-hitting better matches man 
We got people, well, we got people here, uh, you know, kind of torn on this one here. We got people saying they really like this match. Some people saying that they didn't like this match. I feel like you could have, if this match was just Wesley, Tony D'Angelo, I don't know, second, third match of the night, you know what? Thumbs up. It was I, right? But main event, NXT North American Championship on the line, not so much. That's kind of, you know, you got to judge these matches a lot differently depending on you know, what's at stake and what spot of the show they're on and this and that. So that's kind of how I felt. But well, that was our show, everyone. That was NXT uh, December 27th, the final NXT of the 2022 year. We're moving on to another year. Uh, so the next time you hear me talk about NXT, it'll be next year. Um, All right. And other than that, guys, please, if you haven't already subscribed to F4W online, we're so close to 100,000 subscribers. Please make sure you guys subscribe, turn on your notifications, do what you need to do so that you guys know when my when I'm live, when Brian's live, when Matt Men are live, when so many other creators here on this channel are live. But other than that, thank you guys so much for joining me, and I will see you guys back here for AW Dynamite tomorrow night. Goodbye, everyone.